The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot from a little, or a lot from a tidbit. That's the title of my sermon for today. As we look at the Gospel lesson from Matthew 14, as well as John's account, uh, John, in his account from chapter 6, verses 1 to 15, where we actually hear uh, two of the disciples that are named that are involved in this account of the feeding of the 5,000, Andrew and Philip. And in John 6, verse 9, Andrew said, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they? For so many. So far, our text, let us pray. These are your words, O Heavenly Father, sanctify us in the truth, for your word is truth. Amen. Don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. You've heard it, right? Maybe you've read the New York Times bestseller by Richard Carlson. He wrote this a number of years ago. And certainly there is a lot of good wisdom, earthly wisdom for us. Don't sweat the small stuff. You've learned in your own life, in your own experiences. One that he gives specifically is this. As long as you think more is better, you'll never be satisfied. Well, what about God's word and what it has to say about the small stuff? What about going back to the Garden of Eden, taking a little bite of fruit when God had forbidden Adam and Eve from eating in that garden from that tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. What could it matter? Just a little bite. We all know that little bite, that little bit of eating has affected all of mankind, all of humanity. One sin infects us all. And there are big consequences now you will surely die. What about the little bit of lunch that is there in the midst of this desolate place, this wilderness? One little boy's lunch. What could that matter? 
What could that really do for so many people? Today in our gospel, Jesus puts his disciples to the test to see if they believe in the little things. And that little things do matter. They matter when facing a big crisis. He pushes them. He pushes them to look to him. To look to the Lord of heaven and earth. To look to the bread of life who has come down from heaven to provide for all people and for all things. And not to trust in their own solutions, their own thoughts, for how they would ever get daily bread out there in a desolate place. In John 6, both Philip and Andrew have their doubts that anything can be done. But Andrew sees there is a boy with that lunch. He's been smart enough to bring food along for the journey as they follow Jesus. A little barley bread, five small loaves, and two small fish. But there is something interesting about John's account of this, of this gospel, and it is in all four gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. John's gospel is the only one of the four in which the word isn't actually fish. Two small fish. It's the word apsarion in the Greek, and it can mean in general a tidbit of food. A little bit of food. Any kind of cooked food that would be eaten with bread. Maybe for those people in those days, they had some kind of form like we have of, of canned sardines, preserved meat dried fish, sardines, or preserved fish that they could take along with them for the journey and fill them up. Philip is focused on the financing issue with a little tidbit of food. And Andrew, though, doubts that anything significant can happen with that little bit of food. And so it's hopeless. There's no solution. Send the people away. Send them into the villages and the towns nearby, which probably weren't that close by, many miles away, to find their food. But Jesus says in Matthew 14, don't send them away. You give them something to eat. But how, Lord? How are we going to do this? How are we going to pr provide for so many people out in this desolate place with this little bit of food? Well, Philip and Andrew, they think a lot like we do, don't they? If we're in a crisis, if we are in a financial situation and we don't know how we're going to get out of it, short on funds, most of us probably aren't short on food in our refrigerators, our cupboards, but when things get a little tight, we question, don't we? You lose your electricity. Have any of you lost your electricity recently? You lose your income, your source of, of money coming in, and you question, you wonder, what am I going to do about this? Do we ask him, the Lord of life, the Lord of all, providing a provision to help us in those situations first and foremost? Or do we look inward to ourselves, 
trusting that, well, we'll try to find some kind of solution. The truth is, often we don't. Often we do not go to the Lord in prayer first, do we? And our initial response, we have to confess, is a sinful one. Lord, I'm sorry I did not look to you first. I forgot to pray to you first. I forgot to petition you, the Lord of life, who is with me all the way to provide for my daily needs. I forget to trust that that you will provide, you will take care of all of your creation no matter what. I forgot to trust in you with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding in this situation. Forgive me. We too say, what can a little bit do for my big, big problems? My cancer. My debilitating health issues. My arthritis. My aches and pains and my joints and bones. Lord, take it away. Do we trust in him? Or do we cry and moan and mope about it and say, well, what can he do about that? Trust in the Lord in all things, even in the small stuff, the things of his creation, the things that we have often too failed to test in trusting God in our own lives. Our marriage problems, our struggles with one another, our relationships, my stress-filled life, we should be crying out, Lord, help me. Let your will be done. As with the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, the quiet, often unnoticed performance of miracles is still going on today. The bread of life who has come down from heaven is continuously giving thanks and freely handing out the goods of life for billions and billions of of people. He continues to provide and, and give out daily bread. Even evil people, he promises he will provide for all people as the fourth petition teaches us. This quiet, ongoing distribution takes place through God's many servants in many vocations all throughout the world to ensure that we are fed, we are taken care of, that we are filled up, that we are satisfied each day of our lives. This is the Lord's compassion for you. There is a great miracle of God in providing a lot from just a little tidbit Very few people stop to consider it as God, who is the one who is orchestrating it all and using people. Many who sit in the pews here today, like you farmers, who care for others, who provide for others. God uses you to provide, to take care of others. He uses the middlemen. He uses the grocery store. He uses all those who are part of that chain of feeding his creation and taking care of them uses the little tidbit supply available to increase and extend and care for his creation. He may not rain down bread from heaven like he did in the wilderness in the Old Testament to provide manna for the people, but he does provide for you in your day-to-day lives. The present supply of a little seed, a little grain, it is multiplied 
to fill a multitude throughout the world in every single generation until the Lord returns on that last day. The supply is distributed through many, many people, and we give thanks to the Lord for you as you continue to do the Lord's work for his people in his creation. But many well-meaning Christians still doubt God can work this way. There's a well-known theological teaching out there today uh, that was not first coined by a theologian, a pastor, a preacher of God's word, but rather a philosopher named Aristotle. And he said, the finite, the little things, cannot contain the infinite, the big things, the godly things. The little things can't contain, therefore, then the eternal big God things, or to put it simply, God can't be found in the small stuff. But we beg to differ, right? You as Christians, as Lutherans, beg to differ because you know better. You know better from the word of God. God works through the small stuff. God, who is infinite, becomes a little, finite baby boy, born in a manger in Bethlehem, born in the little town. It says, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though too little, among the clans of Judah, from it shall come forth one to be the ruler of Israel, Micah 5, verse 2. And also we know this one well, too, from Christmas time. To us a child and a finite little baby is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, that is, Infinite God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in the little word of God and the little cross which our Lord Jesus dies on, it is folly. It is a small, foolish thing to those who are perishing, says 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But to us who are being saved, it is the great and mighty power of God to salvation. As Lutherans, we never then confess that God is so big and great and mighty in his majesty and sovereignty and glory that he can't possibly be found or contained in the finite little human nature of Jesus. You might have family or friends who have left the Lutheran church because they agree with Aristotle and they agree with other theologians and pastors today. I wager a guess it's because they fail to believe that a big, mighty, powerful God, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, can be found in the finite little things. How can it be that he can be found in a little water, a little bit of bread, a little bit of wine? And even in the voice of a lowly, fallen, sinful man like your pastor, Pastor Uphoff, or myself as well, to make a big difference in your Christian lives, to namely forgive you all your sins. I'm going to close with four additional ways that Christians doubt that God can work with a little to do big things. First, they will say, your church, your little church there in Watsika, it's too small for God to be making any kind of big impact. See, I belong to the bigger the biggest church in town where big 
Holy Spirit-led God things are really happening. And how do you respond? No. Big things are happening at our church. God is present with his word and his sacrament. Secondly, or your congregation, it just has too little going on to make any kind of impact. Too little Bible studies, too little small groups, too little of the Spirit is alive due to that old stodgy liturgy and those old Lutheran hymns. Too little emotion or excitement in your worship. Too little children's programs, and the list goes on. Too little, too little, too little. And you say, no. We have plenty going on. The Word of God is present, and the sacrament is administered. Thirdly, God isn't found where there's only a little bit of water and a little bit of God's word. That's said for infant baptism, a baby's baptism. Well, a little baby can't make that big decision. A little faith can't be planted by God. And that little heart of that little, little child with a little bit of water, a lot of water is required, people might say. And that's the only way someone should be baptized is they should be fully submerged, submerged under the water that little sprinkling, that can't do anything. Big things are needed to make any difference. A big testimony of faith in front of all the people. And you say, no, God is present in big ways through little things. And fourth and last, the, that little piece of bread, that little piece, uh, that little cup or a little bit of wine in the chalice, ah, that's too small. It can't contain the second person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus himself. But you say, no, Jesus promises this is my body, this is my blood. He can be found in the little things for me and for you. So thanks be to God. He satisfies you. He fills you up. You know the creed. His first article gifts for you in his creation, providing all things for body and life. He provides you in the second article of Jesus Christ, your Redeemer, the one who justifies you. He provides you with all third article gifts through the means of grace by the work of the Holy Spirit. Be thankful to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. So don't sweat the small stuff. There's some truth to that, right? There's a lot of truth, but also not so fast, right? Never doubt, God can work great, big, mighty things through even the littlest things. He does all the time. With so little, God gives you so much. So eat, says Isaiah, what is good. Delight yourselves in the richest food that God provides from the Lord God and from him as he has compassion on you. God grant it to you and for Jesus' sake. In the name of the Father and of the Son 